0: Welcome to another episode of The Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur with your host, Sharon Wilson, founder and chief inspiration officer of Coaching from Spirit Institute and master spiritual business mentor. The intention of this show is to provide transformational tips, tools, strategies, and resources that support and empower you to soar and shine in your business now. Enjoy. Well, welcome everyone. I'm so excited
1: you're listening in and I'm so excited for our guest today. In our talk today, they'll be sharing about how we're designed to be receivers. So let me introduce you to our amazing guests today. We're blessed to have them. Dr. Eric Pearl ran a highly successful chiropractic practice for 12 years, Well, one day His patients began reporting healings as Eric simply held his hands near them. So that was amazing. And now Dr. Eric and Jillian Fleer, his life partner and director of insight and development, travel the world teaching live events, courses, and training programs in what science today calls reconnective healing. And they brought Reconnected Healing to over 100 countries, affecting the lives of millions of people. They have recently created the portal, which is Reconnected Healing Online Level 1 course. So that is right in time for everyone to be able to learn Reconnected Healing in the comfort of our home. Eric's appeared on the Dr. Oz Show, CNN, and in the New York Times, and has presented it at the United Nations, Madison Square Garden, and his internationally bestselling book, The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself, is now in 40 languages, and it's endorsed by such amazing people as Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, and many more. Eric and Jillian's new book is anticipated to be released in 2020, and I'm so grateful to have you both with us here today. Welcome. Thank you.
2: Thanks so much. Yeah, we're glad to be here with you.
1: So excited. You know, I always ask all of my guests uh, because my podcast is called is called the Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur. I always ask guests to kind of share, and maybe you both can kind of um, you know jump in with 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 whatever whichever ones you want. But what does being a spiritually persistent entrepreneur mean to you? Who wants to go first on that?
2: Well, in short, I think it means recognizing that yes means yes, and no means you didn't say yes yet, but you will.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> say more about that.
2: <laughs> well, um, you you know what? When I was practicing chiropractic and these healings started, I really wanted to get word out about them, and. Um, one of the places that I did first, I didn't think you could teach it. I mean, my background of this really was that, you know, one day the healings just started. I had a crazy weekend where a lamp next to my bed turned itself on and woke me up and it felt like there were people in my house and I went hunting for them, carrying a giant knife and an empty can of pepper spray I found in my Doberman pincher tagging along and <laughs> couldn't find anyone. And, and so I went back to bed and that Monday I went into my office and patients started having healing. So I immediately presumed it was some kind of gift. And I was right. And at the same time, there's more to it than that. Because, you know, I I mean, I wasn't even touching my patients and they were regaining hearing and seeing and the ability to walk and talk and seizures were disappearing and tumors were vanishing, not on everyone, but a lot of them. And I thought, okay, this is some kind of a gift. And when news found out about it and science started studying it, people started asking me to teach it. And I said, you can't teach it it's a gift. I'm standing there waving my hands in the air, looking like a fool. So you go outside and do the <laughs> yeah, same thing. Do the same thing. Let's see how that right. And if it works for you, it works. But um, I started getting so many invitations to teach this that I finally went to a night course class as a teacher. And I said, well, I'll explain what happened. I'll explain how it feels. I'll show you How I do it, I'll let you feel these frequencies. And for some reason or other, what science today calls the reconnective healing frequencies seemed to get communicated to these people and they were able to do the same thing. So people they worked on had healings and involuntary movements and all of these items. So when people wanted to learn this, I went to a night course to teach as a teacher and they got it. And then I thought, what a great way to spread this work. Mm -hmm. It brought awareness about reconnective healing so people came to me for sessions and it empowered other people around the country and eventually we found out around the world to teach this so I called the night school course that had five different city locations across the U.S. and I said well you know Los Angeles was great I'll go down and do the one in San Diego and they said well that's a long drive I said I don't mind so I said, you know what, I'll, I'll do the one in New York, too, since so many people like it. And they said, well, you don't really want to do that one, because it'll cost you more to fly there than we'll pay you. And I thought to myself, it's not about getting $300 to compensate my airfare. It's about spreading the consciousness of this work. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really let them know that I was fine with that. And I just didn't take no for an answer. I took every opportunity to talk about reconnected feeling that I could because for every moment, that awareness was within me. And the reward for being on your purpose, on your mission, and having that almost single-focused attention on it is that media came, people spoke, television happened, newspapers happened. And so people would come in to learn Reconnective healing as well as to experience it and we enabled ourselves or became able to teach to as we mentioned over 100,000 people around the world which allows how can I express this you know when you're in poverty consciousness you can't give anything and you also can't receive it allowed us to be in a prosperity consciousness which helped us teach and empower others and brought us what we needed to continue to expand The program. So being spiritually persistent means Mm -hmm. to me knowing from within your knowingness and not paying attention to other people's external views when they say, no, it shouldn't work that way. You shouldn't go to New York where sure. we can pay you three hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, that is such a great, that is really great because it, it, you know you were just in that place of service, which is what we talk about so much on podcasts. Is about first you have to focus on service, and everything else really will be taken care of. You know? I, mm-hmm? Yeah, I want to. I want to
3: just add a little bit to that
1: because I do
3: think the idea of being in service and having a purpose is a, um, an important part of what we call our spirituality, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're here to serve. And at the same time, uh, and and now I'll, I'll sort of speak into this for me for a moment, part of spiritual persistence isn't just having your focus, or let's say your vision when you're under pressure, right? It's something I think that we learn when we're learning to have spiritual persistence as an entrepreneur, but I don't think that really tells us who we are. Mm -hmm. I think the second part of that is that we learn to be spiritually persistent because we learn to have a focus when there isn't pressure. And that tells us a lot about yes. how and what our real innate, that inner desire to serve is truly about. But I don't even think it stops there. Mm-hmm. I think the real test becomes when we can bring all of that when perhaps we're in, let's just say the tunnel, where there's not the most optimal circumstances. Maybe some people will say this: these are our dark Hours, one hour of darkness, right? Where we know that that isn't going to determine anything that has to do with the ninety nine point nine percent of really the delivery of all that we are really there to show up for. Mm -hmm. So I think I think it's it's a journey. It's I don't for me I can say to become a spiritually persistent entrepreneur was very different
1: than being an entrepreneur. Yes. Absolutely, I can definitely see that. Well, you know, can you share one challenge that stands out that that you've faced, either you know in business or personally, that's helped you um, both activate maybe each of you can share a little bit of that, but but that has activated that more in you, what you spoke to it meaning for you, and maybe one thing that has activated that more. In you, maybe you think of it a challenge. Maybe it's a dark, a dark hour. Maybe it's a, you know. I know people see them as opportunities, but contrast whatever word. But there's, there's often you know, um, it's like diamonds are kind of molded in the fire, you know. Yeah. And and uh, and that is part of the journey, you know, in in our lives. So, who wants to share uh, on that?
2: Well, you know, I think we both have that, um, and that's part of what makes us so strong together. Um, I will tell you that when this first started happening, I ate, drank, lived, and breathed Reconnective Healing. And um, although I was running a chiropractic practice and it showed up unexpectedly, um, people started coming in for sessions, especially as television hit, and I was going back and forth between... healing rooms and the chiropractic rooms which is a different headset and and you know i had to kind of readjust things after a while and say all right i'll do instead of going healing healing chiropractic 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 healing chiropractic healing chiropractic chiropractic, chiropractic, healing which was making me insane i started blocking certain hours of certain days for one certain hours of other days for the other, but I was so in love with the Reconnective Healing and so many people were coming for it that I ended up hiring a chiropractor to handle the chiropractic practice of it. Mm -hmm. And I had a big chiropractic practice, a lot of well-known people. And as no matter who I hired, somehow or other, the practice would just run down the chiropractic and dissipate. So I would have to stop the healing, go back in, save the chiropractic practice, hire another chiropractor to come back in, and then go back to the healing. And that pattern would repeat, and it would repeat, and it would repeat. And finally, I remember this day, it was um, the year 2000, September, October. I signed away, I gave away my chiropractic practice and signed it away so I wouldn't have the draw. To come back in. And if I did, and I really did have the drive to come back in and save it, watching the next doctor run it down, I wouldn't have the ability to, because it was no longer mine. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a challenge for me. I remember, I remember getting into the car and driving away and having such a sense of kind of like a fear you might have if you jumped out of a plane with a parachute, <laughs> sure. but the relief that you've actually done it, and the ability to um, enjoy the descent, shall we say, or mm. ascent. Mm. Um, in 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 this situation, realized that I was so compelled, so driven internally from the, an essence of who I was to bring this work forward, that I really did end up spending not even all my money, but beyond that money, I was so far in debt, just trying to get the word out. But I knew if I did anything less, I would not be following my truth, my purpose. I remember even speaking to my parents saying, I have to do this. So my parents said, you don't have to do it. I said, I don't mean I have to do it because I'm being forced externally against my will. I have to do it because I'm compelled And I believe that when we find our purpose, we find what compels us and propels us from within. We follow it, feeling and remaining in our knowingness. And this is the spiritual persistence that really leads us to discover our path and who we are and to excel.
1: Wow. That is so powerful. Talk about burning your boats and and leap of faith and all of that in there at at the same time. I mean, that is really, really powerful. You just, you just made it. um, It wasn't an option for you to go back Ah. to the Right.
2: (laughs) No option. It's
1: off the table.
2: (laughs) It wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. And that does not mean that everything from that moment went smoothly. Sure. Anything else in a business, in a career, there are ups and downs, but they're much easier to handle when you're in your knowingness that you're doing the right thing, you're in the right place within yourself.
1: Mm. Wow, yeah. that, that is powerful. Julian, did you want to add anything to that? Um, I would even say that
3: I'm, in some ways, with was really entering into the challenge from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will very transparently say that I came into the world and was really geared in some ways to serve through the art of doing. I had an extremely community-minded parents. And um the themes really uh stood out, but they were of purpose, but they were framed around this idea of giving and doing. Mm-hmm. Giving and doing. And 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 I Understood that because it was so, uh, it, you know, around me all the time, uh, based on their involvement in the world with many organizations and, and um, this kind of a thing. So my first challenge was to try to understand as I was a super giver, and a, a super server, why burnout was always at the tipping point of my um, my, my state of being, right? Mm-hmm. right. And, and it was a, it was a beautiful challenge because I knew that it wasn't a belief system that I was living by. It was confirmation. and that confirmation was there because no matter how far to the end of that tipping point, I would get something greater than me, sort of propelled me back. But the mindset was not sustainable. It mm-hmm. really wasn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting at the time in which Eric and I collided, we <laughs> sort of refer to it as a cosmic collision at, at times. <laughs> that moment of stepping into um, learning the language of reconnective healing, which in some ways it is. And it is a language that we learn by first understanding that we're in um, an interaction with an intelligence that knows far more than a mindset. a matter of fact, it seems to be very uninterested, I will say, in the thinking mind mindset altogether, which as a uh, practice or as a sequence or as a tool of learning, it can be quite counterintuitive, especially for the title of healer or um, someone learning a spiritual practice. So, the greatest challenge of all has been to be a part of what reconnective healing is, because the language of it is quite quite simply that we are designed to be receivers. We are designed to be receivers. And how does that work if you're receiving? And some ways the mindset sort of speaks into, but wait a minute, you need to be giving, you need to be serving and you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, that had to be activated in me in a new way. And part of the inherent, you know, I'm going to say, Uh, I'm going to say quandary of all of that is we can spend a lot of time and energy focused on doing, and yet the freedom we're looking for or the allowing we're looking for gets lost in the quest Mm -hmm. to find freedom. So the pursuit of it really um, goes, and you know, I had, as the, Director of Insight and Development. I have a staff, we have a global team. Eric and I teach globally together. So there was a lot of adjustment. And my spiritual theme, my, you know the divine curriculum that had to come out of it was, could I allow, truly allow this design that I, I knew I was to reveal itself? How was I going to become a receiver? And um, a a lot of this has been uh, the journey, and it often is, which is why I love our students so much, and I love our our clients so much, because they all ultimately, to learn this language, have to step into this exact challenge.
1: Beautiful. That oh, really, really is beautiful. Eric, did you want to add anything to any of that before we jump in and talk more about Reconnected Healing?
2: Um, you know, really, I think the only thing I would share is to, to know that we all know how to do what makes our heart sing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: To me, it's the singing of the heart that's playing the song that's saying, listen this is your song, follow it. It's not coming with guarantees, anything other than the knowingness inside that this is for you. And that's what allows us to find the centeredness, the certainty in the seeming chaos of the not knowing. It might not give us what we're used to, which is the knowledge, meaning... The collected, agreed upon consensus of opinion, thoughts, you know, on that day, which is different than 10 years ago and different than 10 years later. But beyond knowledge, it gives us a state of knowingness where every foot, every step we take allows our feet to land exactly where they need to so that we may then take the next step and continue further.
3: And, and I think also, Sharon, that, you know, for this podcast, for, for, for your listeners, you know, three components of Reconnective Healing lead us into, first, this idea of listening, which dissolves the external and internal judgment, I'm going to say produced by the thinking mind. The, the collection of the energy, light, and information um, circumvents that in a very interesting way. Way It reveals the concept of love because this intelligence shows us that there is a new flow, I'm going to say, of receivership given through the intelligence of the RH frequencies. That Mm -hmm. is really what it it is here to establish. And it establishes that receivership simply by um, the expression of it being, I'm going to say, one-directional. It's not interested in what we can do for it, Mm -hmm. so we become the. the, the, I'm going to say a tremendous um, instrument, and ultimately, that's what we learn. We we learn that we're the instrument for it, and then our quest, our challenge, is to learn how to play our own instrument. And each one of us has a very distinct. Sound So once we can establish that, we end up living in what I have found, I'm going to say, is true worthiness. Uh, a worthiness that doesn't have a fearful, I'm going to, let me say, cultural or societal uh, imposition that we sometimes unwittingly just accept because the messaging of daily life pretty much serves that up on a daily basis. It doesn't really define worthiness through receiving it. It 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 really expresses worthiness by what can you do. So, um, we we love bringing our mission to the world because in you know in a nutshell it's to serve by connecting humanity with the intelligence of reconnective healing. So, you know infinite healing is accessible, transparent, and you know, this is an important part, can be learned by anyone and everyone. Yes.
1: We'll talk more about that. Tell us more about Reconnective Healing and just kind of give give people a little bit more of a perspective of, you know, what is Reconnective Healing and how can those frequencies really assist in this process you're talking about? I think Eric's the best person to start that off with. Eric would be a good one to kick off that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Reconnective healing, the way I like to express it is um, about as simply as I can, which is it's a new level of healing. that's here on the planet for the very first time. It it has no rules. It has no steps. It has no techniques. It has no procedures. It's sort of like having spent our lives on a bicycle with um, multiple sets of training wheels. And all of a sudden, the training wheels come off and we find that we're riding so much better without them that even if we try to put the training wheels back on, we won't ride as well. Once they're off, they're off. Mm -hmm. And so Reconnective Healing really came here to show us that the training wheels of techniques that we've been learning have been a great way to find our balance, the beginning of it, in the healing world. But really, just as we're not here to master the bicycle with training wheels, we're here to master the bicycle itself, we're not Really, here to master energy healing techniques. We're here to master healing itself. So, what the research has shown um, is that our techniques have given us portions of the energy field. We've been here for. We've had, you know, Reiki portions of energy, and all the other, you know, ancient techniques of energy, and the new techniques are different portions of the energy here. But what Reconnective Healing does is it reconnects the healing itself. It sort of removes the little containers of technique. And all of a sudden, the parts that you could get through Ricky and the parts that you can get through Shigang and the parts that you can get through Jinshin and all the others, when the containers are gone, all of them meld together. So Reconnective Healing gives you a limitless or containerless ability to access the gifts of all of the energy healing techniques without ever having to learn. Any of them, as a matter of fact, you step into it more freely for not coming from an energy healing background because there's less that you need to fight with yourself or to fight with your ego over releasing. It allows us to stop doing the healing because the technique is gone and instead to become the healing and as we become the healing, as we become the light, we share it with others. And what science has found is that once we access reconnective healing and it moves beyond energy itself, we even we step into new regions of energy that it hadn't seen here before, science hasn't noted, and new aspects of light that hadn't been seen, and fields and communications of information which is really quite interesting because mostly what we are is energy light and information i mean even if we look at the tiniest atoms or molecules we see most of that is what science from their perspective at the time used to call empty space except you know science is coming around to recognize that that's not really a good term because it's not empty space it's a field of information and this is how we're connecting right now. I mean, Jillian and I are sitting right next to each other in physical proximity and sharing you're somewhere else. But the truth is, as we work and play with the Reconnective Healing Frequencies, although none of us seem to be touching, everyone is touching. There's no distance. There's no time. It's just a field.
1: Mm. You know, it's powerful. Maybe you can speak, one or both of you, speak to the incredible need for reconnective healing awareness you know in this time in 2020 i mean what a incredible you know journey we are on in this year in so many ways whether you know we're talking about the pandemic we're talking about all of the um all of the things most recently that happened with the um, demonstrations and peaceful demonstrations and just all of these kinds of things coming to the surface. It just feels like this is, this is like this pivotal moment in time. It's kind of like divine timing, you know, and and maybe we all just reached a certain vibrational frequency that, it was like okay now yes reconnective healing is something that you know is just could be could be uh, reached reach so many people so maybe just talk a little bit about kind of how you see that because I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about what <laughs> is possible yeah. you know now especially now that you've really um, been gone online you know in, I mean in such a you know such a huge way that you could just literally. <laughs> Touch this to everyone on the planet. So, talk so let, about that. Yeah, let's talk about what we mean.
3: Uh, Eric really uh, sort of illumined this idea of everything is touching and nothing is touching, and everything is touching. True. So, you know, based on the premise of that, I, I think one of the key parts of reconnective healing is we don't diagnose. We aren't really focused on a treatment-based approach. So. Let's even look at this amazing time that we are all in together, where the world is entirely focused on the problem solving Mm -hmm. of, and we'll use not to to, to put a date around this, but this moment we'll say is Mm COVID-19. The the reality of it is, is that we as human beings seem to be obsessed with solving problems, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Reconnective healing isn't focused on any specific problem. The consciousness or the collective of energy, light, and information seems to, I'm going to say, uh, bring us into a state of the ultimate balance that we could possibly reach in, we'll say, vibrational coherence, mm-hmm. Um Uh, essential self coherence, somehow this intelligence looks to restore a level of balance that has nothing to do with problem solving. And if Mm. I were to look at this moment and say, hmm, are we in a better, is there a better opportunity amidst the pandemic, amidst the um, real important compassionate moment of finding this uh, racial uprising, this inequality, this deep hurting that we are in, in the United States specifically. You probably have listeners from all over the world. But these two things together, if we were to ask ourselves, are we better off returning to an ultimate state of balance before we look at problem solving anything is that ultimately the quest that is going to serve us best in this moment? Is that always the quest
1: mm.
3: from a, a, a point? You know, we, we know we can't solve a problem from the point or place that the problem was created. Sure. I mean, yes. We're not going to solve any of these matters from the vantage point that we've been in. We've, that is humanity's history. And that's our failure. So, in some ways, yes, I think that the language of energy, light, and information, where we healing, is really now stepping forward, is to say, in our ability to own our design, once we it, we see we are designed to be receivers of something that we were. I'm going to say created to be, which is in balance of balance not in disease not in imbalance we don't come in that way so if we don't come in that way then what have we created here right mm-hmm, right and i think reconnective healing really does give us a window into this sort of optimal st- state of balance that isn't always found in knowledge It seems to inspire and ignite what's been hidden, what is not revealed. And in the revealing of it, that's where we, you know, start the 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 language of manifestation and things like that. But reconnective healing isn't in the, I'm gonna say, state of us trying to manifest what we want, Mm -hmm. right? Right. It's something that actually exists latent, in a latent state, before manifestation. So it is, I'm going to say, designed to begin to restore, to rebalance that which sort of lives in what you use, the word awareness, awareness. It is awareness, awareness. And that is really where we need to be nourished. I think nourishing ourselves in the state of awareness, awareness, where we are simply there to receive not problem-solve, to rebalance and restore and, uh, and, and, and really bring the intelligence of our mindset back into order uh, where it's been out of order. So I do think we're, we're sort of ready for reconnective healing as uh, an approach in daily life.
2: Problem-solving is really focusing on where we see the problem instead of the imbalance where the problem has arisen I mean I think when we talk about healing reconnective healing today we understand one of the great things is that reconnective heal is that as we said there's no distance there's no time there's no space so As you know, we've trained our practitioners, and and Jillian and I do this also. um, Healing is available to people through distance. So, people who find reconnective healing practitioners, they can stay and honor the social distancing and the stay-at-home orders, and still be taking care of their health. You know, preemptively or postemptively—should that be such a word? Mm -hmm. Um, So there, there is that wonder to it. But there's also the fact that reconnective healing. You can't tell it where to go or what to do because it just smiles knowingly and, and you know and gives you a little pat on the head and then it goes to do what it's going to do. It knows where to go. It knows what to do. You may think that you want it to work on a pain you're having in your finger and for all you know, it's reestablished something in your consciousness or something in another area of the body that's having a physical problem. So, for example, in today's climate of bringing a lot of not so beautiful aspects of uh, humanity and inhumanity towards one another in forms of prejudice and such, bringing that into the light, I believe Reconnective Healing is working on our overall consciousness as well, allowing more people to feel comfortable in talking about this and recognizing that this is not just a political issue. It's a not just a human issue. It's a spiritual issue now spiritual is a funny word because a lot of people find it leading to the woo-woo or leading to religion and with reconnective healing there is no religion i mean look everything is spiritual somehow the formation of a rock has to do with the laws of spirituality and formation trees know to grow up and the roots know to grow down but outside of that really the recognition of who we are This consciousness, this awareness that reconnective healing affects, I believe has ripple effects far beyond what we have any understanding of. And really, thank goodness, because if Mm -hmm. reconnective healing was just another healing approach that you could direct, the most that you could accomplish is what that person's limited human conscious educated mind could figure out how to direct it towards. But in this case, we get out of the way and our reward is so much greater because we're invited in to witness the perfect orchestration of this intelligence. So as I would say, you know, if you're lucky, you'll get the healing that you think you want. But if you're truly fortunate, <laughs> you'll receive a healing and an evolution that maybe you've never even dreamed of.
3: And I think the spiritually persistent entrepreneur, if that is who we are, at least in, in being drawn to the beautiful work that you do, Sharon, and, and, and the information you make available and the, the mission, of uh, your voice. All spiritually persistent entrepreneurs won't know one thing. You cannot legislate the changing of the heart. (laughs) A, a, A true spiritually persistent entrepreneur isn't going to be swayed ultimately by what they're told they can do or not do. They know. They know that it's greater than them. And ultimately, an entrepreneur bringing something to the world whether we consider it a spiritual offering or a you know a, a product or a sure. you know yeah. I, I don't I, I want to be careful how i use that to be an entrepreneur in some ways is very
1: apostolic you well, know sure. you're Absolutely. building you're planting no matter what this. you're doing yeah doesn't matter but yeah, you're building maker, planting
3: seeding yep. um finding peace in the storm so you know these ideas really Come from a place that we must learn to listen and receive. Uh, It isn't going to come through action alone. That's sort of the byproduct. Get your ass out there and and really go get it. But Mm -hmm. something, you know, and and, and Eric spoke into this to, to to walk from a very known. Uh, I'm going to say medical practice that is serving a very yes. big clientele yes. to have expenses that come with that, sure. and, and all the things to maintain. And and this is definitely the journey of most entrepreneurs at one point or another. Sure. They crash and burn with that, but also not to have any real knowingness. We'll say of not spirituality, but healing. Eric didn't come from a healer background. You know, he he had to go and speak with a lot of healers in order to figure out what this wasn't, not what it was. <laughs>
2: they were telling us what they thought it was. And the more, <laughs> the more I followed the advice of all the healers, you know, move your hands clockwise, not counterclockwise, put this crystal there and this one there. The more I did all those things, the less and less the healings were happening. And so oh. finally I had to, I ended up... Learning what not to do so I could undo it so I could help others learn not to do it in the first place. But I will tell you, you know, the outside doesn't always look like the inside. So, for example, there I was waving my hands in the air looking like people are having healings, but my chiropractic patients weren't thinking they were coming in for that. So they started leaving because they thought that I was, you know, going off the deep end on that. And furthermore, I mean, getting even stranger, some of my patients were responding, you know, in in very interesting and exciting ways. And let's just say a lot of people were leaving my practice as my income went way down and my expenses did not. And I really at one point or another had to say, do I compromise myself and just do chiropractic in a straight form to make money, or do I follow my beliefs? And as I was thinking about that, it came to me, what are the two worst case possibilities, the two worst case scenarios? One is that, you know, it gets to the end of my life, I die, I show up at, I don't know, the pearly gates or wherever we're all supposed to go, and St. Peter, or whoever's supposed to be there, opens the big book and finds my name, Eric Pearl, Eric Pearl, Eric Pearl. hmm. Um, you did a lot of foolish things. You have to go back and live your life over 600 times making people think that their healers are ridiculous. And that was embarrassing, (laughs) and that would have been something that maybe I didn't want. But what was the other worst-case scenario? I die, show up at the pearly gates, St. Peter, whoever's there, opens the book, finds my name, Eric Pearl, Eric Pearl, Eric Pearl. Hmm. We gave you an opportunity to make a change, to bring about a change in consciousness, awareness, in healing that could have ripple effects throughout the planet, maybe throughout time in the universe. And no, nothing comes with any guarantee, but you had that chance. And you didn't take it because you were afraid, because you were afraid of your income, of how you'd be looked at, your worthiness. You didn't take it because you were afraid. And I knew the moment that came to me, that I was not going to allow my decisions, my choices, to be dictated by fear. And that's the moment that I let go of everything and step forward.
1: You know, I have tears in my eyes because, honestly, this is the exact same thing that happened to me when I was um, eight months pregnant and I got the calling, really, to say, you know, this is time. It's time to, for you to go out, be a spiritually, you know, spiritual business mentor. Uh, I, I, I didn't even say a coach. What is that? I don't even know. And everything would, you know, was, was, was uh, very clear. Like you're going to do this. And I went to my husband and said, you know, I'm not going to go back to corporate America. And uh, he said, what are you can do. I said, I'm going to be a, a spiritual coach. Oh, you know anybody that's uh, doing that, making a living doing that? No, it's 22 years ago. And I said, and I, you know, we had like three months of reserves in the bank. And, um, and I said, uh, I got to do this because exactly what you said. I, I remember saying this to him because I don't want to cross over at the end of my life and hear what happened. We gave you this amazing opportunity. And what, you were afraid of the money? Well, you know, the money. I was really afraid about the money. I said, you know how stupid I'm going to feel when I cross over? And I say, well, you know, it was just the money. I mean, I was afraid. I was worried. Money, money, money. And um, I think he just thought I was hormonal. He thought I'd get over it or something. Ah. <laughs> but I didn't. And and you know, and I re- I I replaced my corporate income in three months, right, one quarter, right. And people later on said that's impossible. You couldn't have done that. I said I'm really glad I never met you because right? <laughs> I didn't know that I couldn't do it. But when you said that, uh, you know, that is just this this moment in time when you say. I just know I'm being given something, and I've just I, I've I've got to do this because I, I really will regret this, you know, when I cross over. What as you said, I loved how you said you know the yeah. book and all that. I didn't have that come to me, but I remember saying that to him. And every time anyone has ever come to me, I actually wrote about it in uh, Jack Campbell's book, Mastering the Law of Attraction. My chapter is called A Leap of Faith, and I, I will always say to people, no one could have talked me out of it. So nice. You know, I, I, I never recommend people just jump and take a, you know, a, a, and, you know, get a, don't go back to their job or whatever, unless I can't convince them otherwise, you know, right. and they're and they just, they're just saying, no, I just know I have to do this. I don't know how it's going to work out. I just know, you know, so yeah. thank you so much for sharing that because it just really, honestly, it brings tears to my eyes. It just reminded me so much of what happened for me.
3: You know what, Sharon? And I also want to just... Say for those people who aren't as fortunate, where the right. focus is so available in that uh, moment of transformation, in right. and, and three months is 13 years or three years. Right. You know, somebody said something the other day that I thought was so wise, which was, you know, sometimes. The suffering that we experience is not about destroying us; it's about destroying what's not us, yeah. and that is a, that is worthy of um, of uh, of sitting in a little while, mm-hmm. because it can be so confusing when that thinking mind comes in and the ego comes in and just says, you know, uh, it looks like. I should be doing this, Mm -hmm, you know, when, because I'm being told and often we find that in spirituality, you know, just when you flow, you know, everything is so easy. Or when, when, when you're aligned, then, you know, you just are living in joy and happiness all the time. That is a process that comes through discipline It comes through learning to listen. And again, I keep harping on this idea of receivership because it's such a core tenant in the way the intelligence of the reconnective healing frequencies inform us. Uh, So,
1: you know, we've got some reverse engineering to do <laughs> yeah so. you, you know I think it's really important for people to get that and that's why I created the podcast is that you know you're going to have things happen in your experience I mean over 22 years I've had all kinds of you know bumps in the road or whatever some you know there, there's been times I just thought I think I'm just not going you know, I'm just going to close the door turn off the lights and that's going to be it you know so there there certainly have been times like that but what you're all saying that I just want to share with people is if I'm just imagining, you know, being in an experience where, you know, it sounds to me like reconnective healing is total surrender, you know, that you're surrendering to this light, because the light, the energy, the reconnective healing frequencies, they, 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 you know, it, whatever, knows what to do. You know, and I love how Jillian, you talked about, you know, we are so problem solving oriented oh here's the problem here's the goal what do i have to do to get there you mm-hmm. know what are all the steps and i just love this feeling of you know what i hear you all saying about just um you know it knows what needs to be done you may think you know what needs to be done but it knows what needs to be done is that uh-huh. am, I, am i am i on track with and
2: that it does. yes yeah. and there's a gorgeous aspect to um the concept of surrender in there, I would say it is a willingness to con- not surrender like go black, but a willingness to observe,
1: mm.
2: to witness oh, okay. and to receive. receive. And to me, then let go and continue in the cycle of reserving, of observing and witnessing and receiving. And you see much more come about you know, it's funny, and, and I, you know, this was a world that I entered into without training. As Jillian said, I didn't study energy healing techniques before this. Later on afterwards, I looked into some to find out what was going on and what wasn't, but I wasn't doing it at that time. And um, but I knew certain things. And I remember learning um, through sometimes unexpected surprises, for example, at that time, I was losing friends. I was losing associates, people who didn't believe in what was going on. I couldn't mm-hmm. probably have easily gotten into a hospital if I were driven up to the emergency entrance in an ambulance. And and now, you know, we speak and teach at hospitals and universities. But what I'm thinking about in specific, I flashed on a scene where there was a very lovely looking couple. I saw in my reception area waiting um, to come in for an appointment. So I finished with the client my patient that I was working with at the time I went out and they had gone I said what happened where did they go well they had heard the woman at my front desk scheduling a distance session meaning the person was in another part of the country and I was going to work on them from my office in Los Angeles Um, not being the same room with them obviously the same state even and that horrified them. In other words, they were willing to accept the possibility of healing if you're in the same space and you could see each other, but everyone had their parameters. They could go this far, but not that far. They could go this far, but not that far. And um, a lot of things we have to discover on our own. I will tell you for a very long time, TV shows would ask me to demonstrate reconnective healing and I didn't want to. Because I would think from a fear base inside myself, what if it didn't work? Sure. And finally, I realized, but what if I don't? What am I not allowing people to see, to become aware of? So I did it the first time, and I was nervous as all get-up. But, you know, after one, after two, after three, then I was telling the shows hey, we'll do a demo on your program because that's what brought people on and that helped spread anything that would spread the awareness of reconnective healing was what I was there to do. It wasn't about the wisdom of it. It wasn't about how it looked. It wasn't about what anyone thought about it. Um, even now, sharing about it sh- shares the consciousness of it. And hey, that's what I'm here for.
3: Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I want to just, because I know we have a limited amount of time. Okay. I do, I do, I do, think that it is important in this moment that often in this dis- self-discovery, this, this want to become kind of free, or as you say, surrender, we find ourselves wandering onto paths involving so much effort and trying, instead of allowing, that the freedom in finding our freedom seems unattainable. And part of what we did in creating the portal, which is our online level one course, but part of what was the importance of bringing these 10 hours together in a way that you could at your own pace, in the privacy of your own space, in little bite-sized pieces, it's not a lecture course. It's, it's, it is a highly powerful Interactive. Um, interactive experience that you are able to step in to this idea yes. of allowing and freedom without yes. complexity and without a lot of, um, I'm going to say, the pressure of, of uh, showing up to achieve some new skill. It, and, and, and so I love our online portal. And, and I do feel that for those who want to begin the process of receiving and even healing themselves and their immediate family members, really to understand what that atmosphere is about. I I do feel strongly. It's a it's a wonderful tool and part of, I think your listeners um, or being a part of your podcast, I think part of what we are making available is the first free hour of the portal. Yes, I think it's part of that. So I highly encourage the listeners here. If you're curious about what we're talking about with Sharon here, it's a really wonderful place to understand a little bit more about what, what we are offering, what our mission. And it's
2: designed in a way for people like me. I was never the, um, you know, the focused student in school and even (laughs) love school. Mm -hmm. So it's designed like the first hour gives you five minutes of of philosophy or seven minutes of an exercise or six minutes of some science and nine minutes of another exercise you follow along Mm. with it. And it's like going to a smorgasbord and selecting from the buffet table just what you want, and then you go, wow. I'm ready. I want more of this. So you get back in line again. You get another eight minutes of this and ten minutes of that. So it's you don't have to sit down and block an hour or block eight hours. You 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 take your five minutes here, your seven minutes there, or something else. How it works and functions well, is I, just easy.
1: I just so appreciate. It. I know you've um, you put together an amazing package, and I want people to know that that link is on the episode page. We always ask our guests to provide. Uh, a free gift. And you both have just, just really, really been so generous. We've got the audio narration of Dr. Pearl's groundbreaking book, The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself, as he was talking about. That's the book, the um, the audio narration. And as uh, Jillian was talking about, that first hour of that portal where you can really just experience, you know, can just be in what we've been talking about. And then a special meditation and energy interaction led by Dr. Eric and Jillian. So that's all on the uh, episode page. Uh, we've got the link there that you can go right there. And I I would just encourage everyone, go and get that and, and start experiencing this. This is a new level, and we're ready. We're all ready, and all of you listening to this podcast, you are more than ready. You've learned all kinds of processes. You've learned all kinds of those things, tools. This isn't a tool. This is a a whole new uh, way of uh, it, receiving that's that's what I'm I'm really experiencing it from this today and and just imagine what it would be like to just fee, just just to stop trying to do something and just let yourself receive you know what a gift and thank you so much both of you for the for this gift is is there anything you all want to say in closing because I could talk to you all for three hours so <laughs> well, you got to come back you have to I, come back.
2: we would love to <laughs> we would love to Sharon I, I would like to make sure that we grasp that, you know, sometimes we think of receiving as being selfish in not a good way, but if we're not of self, how can we give? Mm-hmm. So really sometimes you have to think of receiving as the other side of the coin. Each one replenishes the other. And 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 I always go back to this very um, common example, which is, On the airplanes, what do they tell you? Place the oxygen mask on yourself before you place it on your kids or your neighbors. Mm -hmm. Because we are designed to be receivers. And if we deprive ourselves from receiving, who can we benefit or help here and for how long?
3: And I'm going to jump on to that a little bit by saying that anything other than this understanding is actually counterintuitive to our design because if we don't recognize that we are receiving then where is it ultimately that we offer or i'm going to say give from it's it 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 comes from somewhere so again it it our reverse engineering here The mindset is going to take a little evolution um, because we have not been spoken into around our worthiness or our reason, even for being here in a
2: lifetime. And we really can't give to others anything that we don't allow ourselves to receive for ourselves. And that is inclusive of the excitement of the un- anticipated. The unexpected. I remember the very first time one of my patients came back in and said, you know, I had that healing session. Nothing happened to me. It didn't do anything. But the strangest thing is everyone... In my company, who for the past years have been opposing all of my choices, have suddenly been supporting me and moving me up, and I wonder what happened to them. And we think it's always them. We wonder why do our careers take off in such phenomenal ways when we experience reconnective healing? Why do our businesses thrive? Why do our relationships evolve. And we think, what happened to those people? Because we don't realize that everyone and everything else that's going around us is simply a reflection of the gorgeous change within us that we may not even have noticed.
3: So I would say that we are the ultimate instrument for the reconnective healing frequencies. And when we play, we're really just learning how to tune and play ourselves. So we get part one, knowing that ultimately we are an instrument for it and that's really in line with serving and mission it's just it gets a little confused when we're trying to go at it from again that sort of egoic or thinking mind mindset but reconnective healing will give you a
1: different perspective absolutely and i just want to really encourage everybody go to our episode page and get the amazing gift you know this will just support you in all ways as uh Um, as they were saying, you know, just whether it's uh, physically or or emotionally, I mean, just that, those frequencies know what you need, (laughs) know what needs to be done and I'm just really really appreciative of this work and grateful for both of you for your light and thank you so much for being here and I just really want to just encourage everyone you know this is a special podcast this is this is really special and I want you to make sure that you take advantage of that and I will be making sure that everyone knows about this and thank you so much both of you for your light and your service we so appreciate you.
2: Thank you, Sharon, so much for allowing us to be guests and participants on your program. And yes, we would definitely love to another time if you'd like.
3: And thank you for being such a risk taker to step out and bring spiritual entrepreneurship um, to the lives of so many. It is a consciousness that um, you tapped into long ago. And I want to thank your husband. Thank you. And hopefully he looks back and says, wow, I wish I knew what she knew.
1: thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I just want to thank um all all of you for here for for being here. Uh, as um, Dr. Eric said, there's no time. So we're all connected and right now. And we just see you all living lives of love and joy and peace, health and prosperity. Have a great day, everybody. And thank you so much, Eric and Jillian.
2: Thank you.
0: Bye. Do you hate selling yet love to be of service? In my free masterclass, you will discover three soulful secrets to client conversations that feel joyful, easy, and fun. Using these secrets, one of my clients made $8,000 in one week, and another client made $100,000 in less than six months. Register now at www.coachingfromspirit.com slash masterclass.